Come on, everybody, get set, let's go. It's the next episode. It's the Premium Pete Show. News, interviews, all of the info. Listen up, it's the Premium Pete Show. If you want the scoop in the low, down low, listen to the show, cause milk said so. Fuck what you heard, better act like you know. It's the Premium Pete Show. Internet's welcome back to another episode of the Premium Pete Show. I'm sitting here, a return guest, a return friend, my guy. Joseph Sikora, a.k.a. Tommy Egan, <laughs> a.k.a. What else? What other AKs are there? Uh, so many. I've been I've been acting for over 26 years and uh, have over three dozen television shows, a dozen films, and over 50 plays, including Broadway. Man, just just talk, talk your shit. I mean, you know, that's how you start your resume off. I just did three or just did two films, three films this over this break, uh, the hiatus during Power. One was called Motivated Seller with Michael Ely, Megan Good, and Dennis Quaid. Mm-hmm. And myself. How is Dennis Quaid? Fantastic. How is he to really work with? Very, very generous, present actor, excellent. I will work with him again in a second. Mm. You know, um, power has obviously took off. You know, your role specifically has been amazing. Thanks, Pete. No, no, I'm really because you know you think about it. It's funny because knowing you, it's like you. But we hang out. We hang out. You know me like a person. No, so. no, I know that. But what I'm saying is, is, is just to, the. The way you can act like that, it's such talent. You know what I mean? Like not everybody, you know, you, you, you have, a, you have a, a, a talent. Thanks. So, so being able for the world to see that and, and how much has that changed you? Meaning like now you get more offers and stuff like that. Are you? Are you yeah, there, there are more, more offers, but, but very little. I think that people think that this is just a fast track and people also don't realize that I've had a career for, you know, far over um, nearly three decades you know since i was a kid and then in high school it was almost like ah, i don't want to be an actor it's almost made, made fun of too much and i'd rather go get into you know a little bit of mischief here and hang out with uh, my pals and stuff and then to come back to it in a collegiate sense and then to depart from it again as a, as a grown man and, and come back to it really as a calling i think is uh, significant so it's been a, it's been a lot you know it's been a it's been a lot. It's been a lot. But it's, Tommy is obviously the biggest thing I've done, Power, and I'm very grateful. How do you not get like pigeonholed into a role like that? Like, I think that you um, allow people to see your body of work before Power. Um, I think that that's slowly being reintroduced. I think people gave me a lot of heat from playing the pregnant guy on Grey's Anatomy, which has been a big meme that's gone on social media. And I, people are like, how are you going to defend that? I'm like, defend what? I <laughs> was a great character and the guy was pregnant. Oh, how's 50 Cent going to feel about this? I'm like, have have you lost your mind? Mm. So to me, it's just, thank God I'm the age I am and I guess the security in myself that I am. And it's still, it's this tinge of like being disappointed in fans because I don't like being disappointed in fans because I'm very grateful of all the love that I get. But when people do stuff like that or are trying to, you know, see things in a negative capacity, every now and again, people have a negative comment and social media is so easy. I tap a button twice. I see your profile or I see your picture or I see you with some comment with a curse word in it and saying something really crazy with your two kids and a Bible quote. Sure. You know, I hope you look at yourself. Yeah. Hey, listen, they got to go to sleep at night. You know what I mean? If that's what, uh, you know, they go to sleep comfortable, that's that's on them. Yeah. The main thing is, is that I got exactly that's on them. This is on me. If I indulge in their kind of negativity, that's on me as well. So it's, it's tough I, sometimes, but you got to let it go. Well, power, first of all, power is such a social media driven uh, community. People if, ask if for I it. Say. This wasn't shoved down people's throats. Yeah. This was given to them and, and people, you know, the, the supply was not enough for the demand and the demand kept coming, the demand kept coming. So I think it was a very organic, um, 
very organic show in yeah. a lot of ways. No, I, I love the way, uh, you know, the fans interact with you. But more importantly, what I, what I really love is I think that people – and it's not about a beef thing. But I think that people were trying to put, like, Empire versus Power – you know, I was saying like, oh, Empire is, uh, you know, amazing. And I think like Empire, when it just came out, like it was interesting. It was pretty good. I, I watched the whole first season. Yeah. But I think that, to be honest with you, and I'm not saying this because of knowing you or because you're here, but I feel like Power, comparing them to doesn't make sense to me anymore. I think even comparing them then only made sense because they were both um, people of color that dominated the cast. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that was the main impetus. Uh, they very, very vaguely dealt with the same kind of thing. And I think there was room enough for both shows. I just think that Empire is is not as good a show. It just hasn't – the longevity hasn't held up. Um, I think it was a good show the first season. I think that they uh, jumped the shark the second season. They kind of put too much – in there, and then I, now I just think they're reaching, and uh, it's not. I just I don't watch the show personally, but that's I still have a lot of respect for the people involved. Sure, sure. Now you obviously been acting for many years. Mm-hmm. What's your ideal role? I'd love to play James Bond. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, listen, if anyone's listening out there, you know, Mister Joseph Sakura would like to play James Bond. You know, it's funny too because I remember. You were on Wendy a couple of months back, mm, mm-hmm. and I guess she um, didn't pronounce your name right. <laughs> yeah, and true. I found it funny that she felt that um, you know nobody's ever corrected her. And yeah. I like the way you're like, "Oh, it's Sakura," you know, like yeah, you're yeah. Her. You know, um, why is it so important for you to not only fix Joseph or Joe, but also correct your last name if somebody's saying it wrong? Well, I mean, the Polish way to say it is Shikora. But I don't, you know, we're in America. I'm not going to be like, Joseph Shikora, you have to pronounce it like this. It's like, no, 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 you can say Sakura, Shikora, it's all good, man, Sakura. But, like, if people say Sakoya or whatever she said, it's like, no, that's my name. It's a sense of pride, and it's also that this is who I am. And when people say, hey, Tommy, hey, Tommy down the street, I'm very grateful to have the job. I will turn around. I'll take a picture with 99.9% of the people that are out there. And um, the people that say Joseph... Um, I just an extra sign of respect. That's all it is. Mm. So, so all, you like Joseph instead of Joe, most of the time. Yeah, but why? Pete, is that? you're my no. friend. You can call me Joe. I guess that's what Forget it is. It. You know what I mean? It's it's just like you know, if you called me Joseph, there's a point in time where I'm just like Pete, call me Joe. It's all right. Listen, I'm not Robert De Niro in any stretch of the imagination. However, I think if you just met him and you were like, "Hey, Bob," <laughs> exactly, he yeah. would just probably stare at you. Mm. So I think that it's just a kind of like you don't know me. Um, just treat me with respect. I think that it's a. I think that it's it's a sign of respect. You know, you played in True Detective. I did, yeah, Carrie right. Fukunaga. There you go. What I want you to do is I want you to explain to me like how do you mentally prepare for a role like that versus a role like Tommy, so to speak. Listen, Carrie is legitimately one of, if not the. M- best actor of my uh, best director rather of my generation Mm. and i say that because he is a genius in terms of how his aspect is of storytelling that he's able to cinematically tell a story so well and transfer that cinematic storytelling to television and also not micromanage. Mm. I didn't see him micromanage the people that he hired. He hires people, not unlike 50 Cent. He hires people and expects an A game. If you don't, you're fired, you're gone. 
no, 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 no hard feelings. When you say unlike 50 Cent, what do you mean? I said like 50 Cent. Oh, like 50 Cent. Like 50 Cent, not unlike 50 Cent. So, so, so So like 50 50 Cent, 50 hires people to play their A game. And if you don't, then he's going to fire, you're not going to keep your job. And I think Carrie in a very similar way, I didn't audition for that role on uh, True Detective. I auditioned for a different role, but they gave me that role because Carrie, unlike a lot of people who are in a creative place, are not as creative as we may think. Carrie saw my audition and said, "No, but he's this is this is the guy he should. But I but he's wow. this is the guy he should play." And he did it. And I didn't. He, who knew that uh, the, uh, the three foot braided beard that came later? <laughs> I mean, that came later in the shaved head. That all came later. Carrie, in his vision, said, "Carrie Fukunaga is legitimately somebody." When people say, "Where was your big break?" Power, obviously, power was my biggest notoriety. And then before that, Boardwalk Empire was, you know, a lot of people sure. saw that. But Carrie empowered me in a way that a director had not before that period of time. And then because of that, I said, you know what? I'm going to call somebody in Orange, Texas, which is where this character is from. And I talked to that person and I did the accent and people were like, oh, he doesn't sound like he's from Louisiana. And I'm like, well, then you got to listen to what this guy's saying. He's from Orange, Texas. How does the he's how, how does it go, the accent? Well, it's different. Like where we're used to Ross Perot. So if you're doing like Dallas, Fort Worth, even George W. Bush, that is like what we think is the quintessential uh, Texas accent, right? But that's up here. <laughs> now East Texas, East Texas is elongated. Okay. So you do. It's more here. So if you're in East Texas, things is a little bit slower. They're a little bit more in the front of your mouth, and that where that takes you from is you go into uh, Louisiana. Louisiana can can be that soft R type thing. You could do that, and then you're down in the bayou, and then all of a sudden you're telling people, you know, go and take your pick, but be quick. I got two more jobs to do today because you're, you know, that sure. Cajun thing. So sure. there's a flow of terrain. So that East that East Texas accent, you can even think of like how uh, McConaughey mm-hmm. is 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 an East Texas accent. But I didn't want to mimic him, so I wanted to have a different voice in my head of that East Texas where I was coming from. You know, you, I'm about that life. What about the film Rudy? Uh, film Rudy, um, yeah, I was uh, uh, 14, I think, in that 13 mm-hmm. or 14, and that was a that was a fun role. You know, let me, let me ask you: Do you even know what the fuck you were doing at 14? I know you were an actor. Yeah, you know, and I I'm did. Saying, I but, did, and I had auditioned for, for for bigger movies than that, and and uh, plays. I even got flown out to L.A. to test for a pilot. I just didn't get it, and it was all. Actually, wait, wait, wait. not to cut you off, not to cut you off, but, but, but being a 14 year old kid, how did you deal with rejection? Meaning you didn't get this part, right? You didn't get the next one. You didn't get the next one. You didn't get the next one. But I'm saying, how do you like, bro, I have a 17 year old daughter. When things don't go right, man, it's like, it's a job, man. It was very, very difficult. I think what was harder was coming from a neighborhood full of cops and firemen and in Chicago, in Chicago. And being belittled and being told you were, you know, and having um, homosexual slurs thrown at you all the time because you were in theater. And these people's parents knew that kind of thing. And also knowing homosexuals in the theater and being like, you're, you're talking about people. I don't think you know these people. They're nice people. Mm. And you're saying this to belittle me, but that's crazy. Oh, those, where are those, those people now? Who knows where the fuck they are? Some of them are dead. Some of them are lieutenants. Some of them are, uh, you know, crazy alcoholics. And that's that's a huge percentage of them. And that's all. It's all right. You know, people deal with their problems in different ways. And now I know, as a man who's been in therapy for a long time, their their problems stem from um, fear. 
you know, who's this kid sure. from our neighborhood who doesn't seem quite like us? And that was because I was an artist who wanted to be heard. And, you know, we've talked about graffiti. Sure, and that's where, a graffiti artist. And that's where graffiti came from was like... Um, what was your name again, your tag? I'm not going to say Okay, no that. problem. No, forget about it. Forget we'll leave it, it for videograph. A videograph. I know we talked about that, <laughs> yeah. man. Classic days. You know, um, but let's not get off. How did the... You said, obviously, it was a neighborhood, but, but did your parents help you get through some of those rejections? I, you know, they did. They did, but it was still kind of like... You know, I, I didn't do a whole lot of acting in high school, mainly because I wanted to, to, to do graffiti and hang out with my friends and you know, my poor parents who were just like, all they wanted to do was take us to, you know, they're like any kind of um, probably ethnicity family, but any kind of Polish family certainly is they, you know, they, after they came over and then, you know, just trying to get further and further out of the, the middle of the city and, and down, they call Milwaukee Avenue, uh, which we grew up not far from Polish Broadway. And the Polish fans would always make it further and further down Milwaukee until you were in the suburbs. And they just kept trying to, you know, my dad uh, went from a place from being a janitor and, and working his way up and then getting a business degree and kind of just pushing forward and, and, and really striving and having both of my brothers be incredibly intelligent and try to push that through. Um, I'm not stupid, but that wasn't my forte. And I think it was difficult for my parents to embrace me uh, as an actor. And I think consequentially, Why? Why do you say that? Why? well, it was because they were just like, well, what are you going to do with your life? That's wonderful. You want to be an actor and that's great. And you found an outlet to talk, you know, to, to get yourself, your, your artistic opinion out there. Um, because my mother is an artist. She's a painter and a drawer and she was fantastic. She's just it, wonderful. Is it because people back then didn't foresee people to be able to do things that were un, you know not not you know so normal because meaning like my father and mother like you know i feel like they felt i should get a job you know stay there for 45 50 years retire and then you know you know what i mean like nowadays like people could fucking 100% get a steady job get a steady income get a municipal job i mean most of the people from my neighborhood that's what they did you know, they were policemen or firemen or city workers, and I was I would be adept at that kind of stuff. Especially with firemen, I got a little heroicism in me. Sure, um, sure. I'm I'm a solid guy. I work well with my hands. I'm pretty strong. I can get stuff done. Well, you killed a lot of people. Well, that's right, power. Exactly, that's exactly. power. Power. Time to kill a lot of people. So I think that my father was definitely. What did pops do? You said I know he. You said mm -hmm. he was a janitor. Well, initially that's how he started out. After he left the, he he used to work for the church when he was younger. Um, the Roman Catholic Church, um, and then after he left, he was uh, yeah he he did grounds work and then worked his way up into um, uh, management and then upper management and then got his business degree and then uh, worked for a place called um, uh, Ingalls Hospital in Harvey Illinois for uh, nice. gosh fifteen twenty years and hey, supported listen. the family and he also bought uh, 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 six flat buildings in Chicago we call them flats. You mean in property investing? Mm -hmm. two, nice. two flats, four flats. So he uh, bought a six flat, and which was really, you know, for all intents and purposes, a second neighborhood since uh, 1980 for us. And just watching that neighborhood change and being there a few days a week, every week, and every single weekend, it was a block away from Wrigley Field. So that was before they called it Wrigleyville when they just called it Lakeview. So yeah. it was just interesting. Now, now let me ask you, um, you spoke about your brothers. And mm -hmm. so how many brothers do you have? Two. Okay. One of them I met. Albin. Um, Albin. And uh, you told me that he has like a genius IQ. He does. How did, how, how, growing up in your family, mom and pops in Chicago, how does someone 
Could you ever put your finger on how he obtained to have a genius IQ? I think one of the things when I just noticed how superior he was in thought to other people was he was the only person I had ever met once I was in college and he was in high school. We're four years apart to the day. He was the first person I ever heard articulate about not caring what grade he got, no matter what pressure it was from the parents. So he just wanted to actually learn the material. He didn't care if he got an A. He didn't care if he got an F. He was there to learn what they were teaching. And I know that sounds pretty um, uh, elementary, but it's not. I think we all know that. You you work for that grade. Sure. How do I get that A? How do I? And he truly didn't care. Mm. What's your relationship like with your brothers? My best friends. Yeah. That's beautiful to see. How, do, how does that maintain? How does that happen? By keeping in touch? I think, by... I think we all have a strong faith. We're all strong. Um, we're all still practicing Roman Catholics. Uh, my older brother is a Catholic chaplain. Albin is still very involved in the, with the church in D.C. Um, I'm still. We were Albin and I were both parishioners of uh, St. Joseph's uh, in the village mm-hmm. for years. I'm now loosely call myself a parishioner of uh, St. St. Paul St. Agnes in Brooklyn. But Monsignor Joe, if you're listening, which you're not, you could stand to be a little nicer. Yes, stop being a little be, more inclusive. Be a little more nicer before a little be, more inclusive before Tommy Egan comes. A little more inclusive. Your crack. Listen, um, some people travel on the weekends. That's why I'm not there every week. He's got to understand. Yeah. You know, uh, but anyway, you did something with your brother recently, which I felt was, uh, I said, man, some checks are coming in because you did something crazy. And you remember that? You've been traveling, no phones. No oh, nothing. we went, yeah, we where went the fuck, on. A, tell the people where you went. We went on a silent retreat to Gethsemane, Kentucky with uh, the Cistercian monks. <laughs> people know them better as the Trappists. Um, but the Cistercian was an order started in, uh, you know, a little after 1000. Um, and so, uh, how long is this? How'd you find out about this? Uh, my brother and my father did it, uh, two years ago, I believe. And so it was just something you, you think about, you pray seven times a day and they, the prayers start at three fifteen AM and they end at 8 PM and you get meals in between and it's silent, but you're still praying and you're singing with, um, uh, the lay people and with, um, um, the monks. And it's it's just peaceful. It's time for self reflection. I think people are scared of it because you have to listen to your own thoughts. Mm. Sometimes that can be a scary place mm. to live. How long was this again? Uh, it was uh, five days. And you could go for longer, but is it, is it expensive? Or? No, it's free. Uh, you really? Just, you pay what you want to pay. So oh, okay, I paid, it's like a donation. Yeah, yeah. I paid what I usually pay at a hotel room, so I just that's what I paid them. Mm-hmm. And what did you get out of it? Um, you personally, yeah, a lot of stuff. I asked a lot of questions, um, mainly about just how I could be a better husband to my wife. I think I'm a good husband, but I think I could always be better and listen more and hear her more. And, uh, I love her very much. Um, and sometimes I think with, uh, how busy we are in this business and the demands, the personal demands on, um, introspection as an actor, I think can cause you to isolate yourself or, uh, just be more in tune with your own needs and thoughts than your partner's. And if you want to be in a relationship, you have to be in tune with not only your partner, but, you know, your friends, your best friends. you got to ask questions. you got to be truly interested in them, sure. not just yourself. Sure. And I think that uh, my relationship with uh, with the Lord, with Jesus Christ, helps me with that. I ask questions and I get answers. Yeah, I think it's important to um, be mindful of wanting to be a better husband because I think this world sometimes is so n- noisy and busy. And It's not easy, man. Look, I get m- mad attention by beautiful women. Oops. And it is it is nice, but to remind yourself that this is 
all smoke and mirrors. Mm. It's smoke and mirrors, man. People tell me this. Oh, you tell me this. First off, I'm not Tommy Egan. Mm. Secondly, I <laughs> secondly I realize what I'm doing on screen. I know what swag is. Look, I grew up in the city with dudes like this. I saw all the women that flocked to them. All I'm doing is mimicking things I saw. And truly, as an actor, that's why I'm a that's why I'm a good actor, or, or hopefully better than good. Is I know what I'm doing and I commit to it fully. No ifs, ands, or buts. It's fully, and I think that's why it's translated as truth. And I think people think, oh boy, Tommy's got that swag, and he's like this, and he's like that. Tommy is. Go look up Tommy Egan. Go find Tommy Egan. Boy, I want Tommy Egan. I'm like, have you been watching this show? Mm. You want Tommy Egan? Find Tommy Egan mm. and get a nice headstone. <laughs> there you go. How do you prepare your wife for like sex scenes, like with the one you had with Lala? She's in the industry. She's a she's a makeup artist. She knows what's that's going how you about. met her. It is, yeah. Boardwalk Empire. She yep. did my makeup. She didn't date actors, so so it took me a couple of years to get a date with her. Yeah, you know, and and it's a great, it's a great uh, that you brought that up because I remember even like with my lady when I met her and she was like, I don't date industry people, and I'm like, I'm not from the industry. You know, she thought I was from the industry because I knew a lot of people. I was around the same people. I was like, oh, I'm not an industry person. Mm-hmm. And it took a while, and I'm sure like movie people are the same way. Like, similar, uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Where I'm, I'm because I don't know if it's for a woman. Maybe she don't want to think her name is out there to mess with all these guys. They talk. I don't know what it is, but it, it had to be hard. I think it's I think it's you know to be nice. You don't you don't shit where you eat. Okay, there you go. There you go. <laughs> um, what were you just saying? We were saying, oh, but how do you prepare her for it, though? Do you have to say uh, I don't. I, I, well, I tell her. I say, oh, God, there's a, you know, there's a sex scene. This now. Who's it with? This and that. And my, well, she knows everybody. She knew uh, Lucy Walters. Um, she knew, Obviously, she knows La, um, who's fantastic. Lala is so great. People are like, man, Melo's coming after you. I'm like, you think I don't know Carmelo Anthony? Yeah. I know Carmelo Anthony. Yeah. Carmelo Anthony's a great guy. As long he as you, he as, doesn't care. As long as you say that she didn't smell like honey nut Cheerios, then you'll be all right. Smell tasted. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm mad bad. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> now, let me ask you something. You That's did, all love, man. Listen, Lala is a gorgeous course, woman. That's and a, a hell of an actress. And she's fantastic. And I think that power this season, I think, is the best work she's done. But mm-hmm. she's only getting better. She's continuously committed. She's super sexy. I didn't mind having the sex scenes with her. It was great. <laughs> Let me ask you something. But you don't indulge in that stuff. It's unprofessional. And yeah. that's not how yeah. you make an actress feel safe. Yeah. But how do you – did you ever do a sex scene before? Yeah. How do you – okay, don't take us to Lala. Take us back before then. How do you even like, like act – that you're having sex like that, where it looks good for camera. Like, is, you have, you is have that something they're telling you? Like, oh, we got yeah, it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and you have rehearsals. They, we call them sex rehearsals, and we sign waivers, and we have these things where we're obviously super fully dressed, and I'd be like, okay, you're going to be like this, and then there should be enough time here, and then you'll sit here, and then maybe turn around here, and then a little bit on the day. And don't forget, there's, you know, 30, even on a skeleton crew of people, there's 30 people. Sure. Mostly. Men watching you, you know, intently for their own jobs. So it's not like you're going like, damn, this is so hot. And if it is so hot, you're in the wrong career. Yeah. Go be a porn star. Sure, sure. But porn stars are tough too because it's like. I'm not saying they're not tough. No, no, no. That's I, all love. I, I have, I, I'm not, I'm I not have, performing like that. I had a couple of friends who were in the porn star business and they would tell me like step for step. Like it's like, stop. Okay. Okay. Put it back in. Stop. Like it's not what people think. Like it's like, you got to be able to be on quick and demand and it's, you got hot lights on you. You know what I mean? It doesn't always work. So my brain is going 3 million miles an hour anyway. If I had the capacity, I have a hard enough time sometimes, you know, like, you know, 
even like if you think about yourself, like even if I was before my wife and you're with a girl and there's this, sometimes I'm thinking like, oh my God, is fucking food is rumbling in my stomach. And you're like this, you're like, just keep it hard. Just keep it hard. Like I had a hard enough time doing that. <laughs> yeah. So it's like for porn stars, man, legitimately, I have nothing but respect. What I find funny is, wow, well, I know she went on the breakfast club and she was, they mentioned you as the first time she's ever, I mean, even though she didn't mess with you, but the first time she ever messed well, with we're, a white we're guy. obviously kissing. There's no tongue, but yeah, there's first time she kissed a white guy. That's what she said. Hey, my first kiss was a black girl. So I was way up on her. <laughs> But you know, uh, when you think about it, you know it, it. It definitely had everyone talking, man. That that scene, that particularly, you know, you and her. I mean, it, it's amazing to me of seeing how people have grown with you. Like these fans have yeah. grown with you I wherever you're it going. Very much. No, really, it's it, it's been amazing to see that. You know, but um, you know, you look at something like this, saying that the episodes leaked, right? The mm -hmm. uh, power is is that true? Well, I'm actually star specifically asked me not to talk about okay, that. Okay. No so, problem. so I, I kept from what you said right that they leaked. Yes, they leaked. I, I didn't even realize how many leaked or whatever that is. But, but specifically, the network asked me not to speak about it. Yeah. Okay. Or, or even be on social media. They asked me not to answer anybody. About they said, it. "Listen, put a fucking zip on the mouth. You don't say nothing." You yeah. know? Um, now, how long is, do you know how long a Power Stars contract is? Because, you know, meaning like before they could go somewhere else, because you hear all this bullshit talk about 50 wants to take it here, wants to take it here. Well, unlike Rod Timmy talking to TMZ, I will tell you, tell you a little bit about the logistics of that. And part of that is, is 50 is the originator of the idea, which came initially from Mark Canton, mm -hmm. our executive producer through 50 Cent. And then they found the showrunner, Courtney A. Kemp. Now, the Writers Guild of America is in charge of who they give credit to creator status of the show. Courtney deserves every bit of that creator status, but that is because she wrote the pilot to the show, okay? Mm -hmm. So that's how the business works. She's an incredibly smart, wonderful storyteller who I am indebted to for giving me a big shot in my career, and I hope that I've done her proud. However... That intellectual property, which is power, is owned by stars. Mm. So that show is going nowhere mm. at any point in time. Unless 50 Cent, and I'm not 50 Cent, 50 Cent is powerful enough to make this happen if he says, I want to buy back the intellectual rights. Mm. They could work out a deal in some capacity with a bigger distributor, which would be a network, that would say, hey, we will buy this, we'll go in with you, Fifth, and we'll take it and do it here. Is any of that happening? That's above my pay grade, Pete. Yeah, forget about it. What do you think about, uh, H I mean, HBO? I would love to see, I mean, Stars has been great. But I'm saying I think HBO has housed a lot of great shows. Like I that. think HBO under no circumstances would ever buy the show. Yeah. I know they said BET. I was like, please, no, God, please. I mean, I like BET, but not for fucking a show. Like, this show's, this show's, uh, you understand what I'm saying? I'm under a five-year contract. Wherever the show would go, wherever Fifty Cent tells me to go, I show up. I'll know my lines, and I'll do. Listen, a great if I see you on PBS, okay, I'm I'm fucking turning the my channel man. off. Okay, <laughs> you know, I'm gonna turn. Oh, down. turning it off. Oh, Pete, Jesus. Let's, let, okay, it. let's talk a little power. Let's talk a little power. Um, you know, uh, there's a couple of thoughts that I have, and I was saying to myself, I said before, I said before we do this episode, I said I got to go over some power stuff for people who listen to power. Okay, mm -hmm. I feel like Tommy's gonna kill Proctor. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's my opinion. Okay. I, I have no idea. We don't I, know if it's going to happen. I don't know any of that. I feel like Ghost is going to kill, uh, what's that black boy's name? Terry? 
What is his name? What's his name? The black lawyer. The black lawyer, uh, Terry. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like he's going to get whacked, too. That's just my opinion. Listen, if you listen to this episode... I don't know what's going to happen to Terry. I, I literally, legitimately don't. But, man, it's from last episode, he made his bed. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll tell you one thing. Um, Dre, I think his days are numbered. And I think he's going to get clipped by, by, by somebody that we would never expect. Not you. Mm. You know, not Ghost. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe Proctor will kill yeah, him. I don't know. That'd be cool. Could be. Um, I think that Rotimi Akinosho, uh, obviously Rotimi, um, you know, his new album dropped, Jeep Music, uh, is his new EP, rather, and it's fantastic. It's so good. But I also think, uh, from the acting standpoint, I think that truly Dre, uh, uh, Rotimi Akinosho and Michael Rainey Jr., to me, are the standout actors of this season. Mm, mm. I was just going to ask you uh, about that. Well, also, what has been some of your um, like? What has been fun? I mean, you've been doing this for so many years now with the with power. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, uh, what has been different this year for you? What has been exciting? Like, how do you keep? I think progressively year to year, I'm listened to more for my ideas, respected mm-hmm. more for my ideas because they work. Mm. So that's been fun and fulfilling. Mm. You know, do, even being an actor, right? Do you still sharpen your skills? Like, how do you even? How do you even go about that? Because I know they ex like Denzel, like, you know, uh, that he said he still still practices and still, you know, sharpens his skills all the time. Is that something you do or it just comes natural to you? Um, I, th- I think, I think as, you know, hopefully as much as it comes natural to Denzel, it comes natural to me. But well, I think I sharpen my skills in the capacity of that I've been working and keeping myself steadily working and trying to keep my tool as sharp as I can. Mm. Yeah, because I mean, I said I think I forgot who asked Denzel, but I think like supposedly he took like he says he still takes acting classes. And really? Yeah, I swear to God. Yeah. I'd be very, very interested to learn more about that. Yeah, no, yeah, I think he says that you know he still takes acting classes, tries to keep you know. Yeah, I wonder with who. Keep. I, I have no. I, I, I'm being honest. Yeah. I, I wonder with yeah. who. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good I would, question. I, I'd be interested. I'm just. I'm intimidated by acting classes. I took them for so many years. I don't, I feel like I need a bit of a hiatus. Yeah. Why are you intimidated? I don't need to be, I don't need other, it, how it happens in school is other people, and uh, Renee can talk to this too, is that people critique you, your peers critique you. I don't need that anymore. Yeah. I don't care about your opinion. <laughs> it's kind of like You know what? And I should. Do, uh, and I should care more maybe. I just don't right now, Pete. You you know I'm gonna tell you why you shouldn't just because I feel that you know confidence is a motherfucker and people who see confidence that don't have it want to take it away from you and it's good to be confident it's good it's good not to be cocky I think I'm not at a place where I can totally ignore it. I'm still such an inclusive person now you know me personally yep, yep. and I'm a kind man yep, you know and I definitely. listen to people and I, I I really want to work with people. I'm not this kind of standoffish character and I'm not able to I'm not able to not listen because I think that's one of the things that makes me um a very present actor is I'm actually present and sure. I'm actually listening to the sure. other actor which is also how I can change my performance depending on how the actor gives me their performance. A lot of actors can't do that which is it's just not as much fun to play with them. Omari Hardwick is a an incredibly gifted actor. And I think that we're similar in the way how we approach the craft. So it's it's always fun to work with Omari. Not everybody is like that, though. So I think that if I was more able to hear somebody, if I took a class and somebody was just like, well, you know, and you're like this, and 
this is what I got and just be like, oh, that's bullshit. I don't care about this person. But I'm not there. I would listen to them so intently and I think that I would spend a lot of time combing very with a very thin comb to find the 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 you know the val- the validity of of their opinion. I don't need that shit right now. You know, you obviously were able to form a great relationship with Fifty. Um, we spoke about this before, but um, for people listening now, you know, um, forget about power for a second. What's your what's your feelings and and, and thoughts of your relationship with Fifty? Well, I think I think Fifty is certainly one of the uh, smartest and most um, steadfast businessmen I've ever met. Um, I think that he is an inspiration to anybody who says, you know, uh, you can sleep when you're dead. Um, I think that he works incredibly hard. I think that he's consistently trying to not only polish his craft but build his business. And that's not just monetary. I think that's artistically. I think that Fifth is somebody who admits his flaws. I've never seen um, any person, specifically somebody from the streets, who is so willing to give people hugs and smile because he's confident in himself. He doesn't demand people perform for him. He doesn't demand... Yo, I'm 50 Cent. Who are you? Mm. Do something for me to prove yourself to me. 50's like, yo, you're here. Welcome. What are you doing? Sit down. What can I get you? This and that. And I think that there's a certain amount of confidence that comes from him that I would love if if and when I'm in a position of power that I would like to emulate. I think he's been an incredibly positive influence on my life, and I will be loyal to 50 Cent. I mean, I I trust him. Yeah. You're a loyal guy, man. Now, let me make sure when you go out to eat, what he's ordering, man. We we went out to eat. We had we had the lamb. Oh yeah, remember we had the fucking yeah, man. We, we we wanted to take me to that one place, but it was closed. You, you wanted, to, yo, this guy wanted to take me to this Jewish spot on Saturday. You know, it, no, no, that, no, 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 it was, it was, no, it was it was uh, it was a uh, Muslim spot during oh, Ramadan. Oh, Ramadan, yeah, yeah, that's what it was. And and then we were like standing outside. And we're like, <laughs> I'm like, yo, it's closed. Yeah. I'm like, it's closed until five. Damn, it's three p.m. <laughs> Or maybe it was closed until seven or something. It was closed until you know sundown. You know, I'm big. Like, in, I'm big into food. I love food. Yeah. What is some like you? You and Fifty go out to eat. What is some? What do you celebrate success with? Well, I'll tell you. I know what Fifty likes to eat, but he doesn't much because he's often dieting and get into this incredible shape. But Fifth, Fifth can get down to some soul food. Fifth loves fried chicken and and mac and cheese. And some greens. Mm. Um, I, I definitely love the same food. Big piece of cornbread. You ever put them on onto some Polish food? You know, I'm not, I never have, but I can see him getting down with a couple of pierogi. Yeah. My, my mother-in-law, I've got some ones from her that she made in the freezer. She's just in- incredible, incredible at making pierogi and and kapusta and and um, uh, you know, we get great kielbasa from over there in in uh, Elizabeth and um, uh, Newark, where she gets the kielbasa from. But it's just just fantastic. You know, most people in the music business complain that, uh, you know, they always use Jay's line, like, I'll show you how to move in a room full of vultures. And they explain how the music business has so many fucking phony people in it, and you shake hands at the phony people. Is the movie business the same type of way? Well, the acting business is the same way um, in a lot of capacities, specifically from a place of production, because I think you can learn how to manipulate this desire to create. And I think that comes off of a human place to wanting to be seen and heard. And when you can see that in people, you can say, I can use this. I can manipulate this, especially if you find somebody with talent without knowledge. And that is the vast majority of people. So you can say, hey, I can make money off of you. Or you can say, let's make money together. 50 Cent says, let's make money together. 
But most people say, I can make money off of you. Because mm-hmm. it's actually easier just to make money off of people because it's easier to throw them away and not invest in the actual person. Mm. You know, you said something before that I want to get into before we go take a break. You mentioned therapy. Mm-hmm. And um, I had to make sure I said, let me write that down before I fucking forget because I don't want to forget. Mm-hmm. Because it's important. When did you start going to therapy? Uh, I went a little bit when I was a kid because I acted out. I was, you know getting crazy my parents were like why is this kid getting arrested and what's happening here and are we losing our you know son you got to go to therapy and my dad you know is a, is a tough guy and i was scared enough to go to therapy as a kid but it never really worked because i was never committed but then when i met my wife um i was still you know i would still get in fist fights way too late in life which you know hopefully i you know i, I walk away from stuff now i got too much to lose i got i got Way bigger people than me that'll just smash. Well, you, you have a you have me. a temper or an anger. Yeah, I think a lot of people do. But well, sure. what happened with me was there was an incident with my wife and a guy on the train who who touched her behind on the train, and uh, I threw him into the seat. And I said, "If you if you move, I'm gonna, you know, I had my my hands up on the bar and my sure. foot up. I said, you take one. You, you move. I'm gonna knock. I'm gonna knock all the teeth out of your rotten mouth.' Guy looks. He's like, "Man, you know who you're fucking with." I said, "Move." move and the guy was smart enough to know that i was serious and i was serious i would have smashed his face in and at the next stop which wasn't our stop my wife who was my girlfriend at the time just walked off the train and i was like uh i ran off the train i'm like hey 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 you know what what happened she's like no this is not gonna work i said that guy touched you that guy disrespected you i you know i'm a man i just did you didn't ask me if i would want to be part of that That's that's not. I don't need this. I don't need this in my life. I said, oh, "Come on, I come on." This guy with that guy was crazy. She goes, "Maybe he was crazy." I don't know if he had a razor. I don't get slashed in the face. You didn't ask me if I wanted to be part of this. Why don't you just ask me how I felt before you reacted? And I was like, "No." Nah, and I talked to her again, and she goes, "I'll see you again if you start going to therapy." And I was like, "This woman is out of her mind." Asked her out again. Nah. All right, all right. Can you suggest a therapist for me, please? So, I started seeing an anger management therapist, and I saw him for years and years. And then I transitioned into Gestalt therapy, which is basically when you you know figure out how to take responsibility for your actions. It's a lifelong struggle. This stuff is not easy. But through the anger management, I found out that most of my um, anger issues came from fear—fear fear of loss when I lost my grandmother. Fear of just because I got my ass kicked so much in Chicago growing up, what teeth knocked out, beat up. Ah, a lot of it being a the white kid, you know, sure. being a white kid and you know doing graffiti. You're here and you're you're in a, a minority situation a lot of times. I said this to you before, I think, but even me growing up as an Italian, um, I you know I used to be called a wigger, and they used to say, "Why are you trying to be black?" Is that happened to you in Chicago? Not probably, not probably as much because. I liked what I liked. I like, you know, that, you know, me and you have talked hip hop and I obviously I grew up, you know, being a bit of a hip hop head and, and, and being down and obviously graffiti. I never, because I don't have a, you know, a super, I think, I think because I never was like, yo man, what's up? What's up? Everybody? You good, man? We're going to be like this. Gonna... I never spoke like that to sure. people. So I think that in the short run, it was very difficult because people were like, yeah, this white boy, this white boy's like this. And I'd be like, yep. Yeah, well, you just be, being yourself. I always use this example. I'll never forget when uh, 
you know, I love Big Daddy Kane, and it's amazing that, you know, through God has welcomed me to the life to be able to be cool with him, you know what I mean, later yeah. on in life. And when I was growing up, I loved Kane, and, and, and I went to my barber, and I was like, yo, let me get three cuts in my eyebrows. And the first word out of the mouth was, and I said this before multiple times, people who listen definitely heard this. Um, he said, what are you trying to be, black? And I said, nah, I'm trying to be like Kane. Because that's that, that's what I, Kane was like everything to me, man. Like, My brother had a job at McDonald's. Mm. Albin, who you met. Yep, yep. And Albin showed up on the basketball court when we were playing, shaved head with a line in his head like this. Mm. I believe gold fronts in and his visor upside down from flipping burgers all day. People talking all this shit and still talking like Albin. Sup, everybody? How's everybody doing? <laughs> and he whooped everybody on the court. Because he was loose and confident and he knew who he was. And it was all good. And Alan just wanted to be like, you know, uh, like ultramagnetic MCs. Sure, sure. So it was just like, that's the influence too. And when it's from a pure place, people can't take that away from you. So I think that one of the reasons I still get respect when I go back to Chicago from people and stuff like this is I never, you know, people are like, oh, are you like Tommy? Are you like Tommy? And even our, our good friend um, Derek would say that it's like, no, he's not like Tommy, but you're taking a chance. You you might be taking a chance. Mm. Listen, internets, we're going to go take a break, okay? Turn on power. Turn on a movie maybe uh, Joseph Sakura has been in. What movie you want them to turn on? Oh, it's, uh, turn on Jack Reacher and just know that every scene I was in had lines until they uh, cut them all out at the end of the movie. And I was in Pittsburgh for three and a half months shooting that thing. What the fuck, man? How was the craft services there? Uh, not good. And I'll tell you what, the, the, uh, the, the food in Pittsburgh was... Uh, slightly lackluster, and listen, don't don't tell me about your Pomoni sandwiches or whoever the, the Pomonti brothers sandwiches. I could not; that was not for me. <laughs> listen, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's got to step that food game up. But I love Pittsburgh. That's a sister city of Chicago, and a lot of poles there. So Saint Stanislaus Koska's Church is where I went when I was there. When we come back, I want to go over the craft services um, of of all the different shows you've been on. What was the best? <laughs> Internet, listen, we're sitting here with the one and only Joseph Sakura, aka Tommy Egan. A.K.A. Just Joseph. Joe? No? Yeah, yeah. Listen, don't go nowhere. We'll be right back. All right. Cheers. This is Lilo Broncado, A.K.A. C. from the Bronx Tale, and you are tuned in to the Premium Pete Show. Internets, and we're back. Sitting here with Joseph Sikora, Mr. Tommy Egan. Um, craft services, we said. What are some of the, what's the best craft service you ever had on a film or show, or, which we thought were like, this is amazing? I think when I was working less, I was like, boy, this is great. As much food as you want, I'd always overeat. I think it's hard to do craft services because they give you a, a finite amount of money, and I think that people blow it earlier on, and then by the end of the the, the show or the season or the film, it's the, the money is out, and you're just like, God, this is awful, wilty lettuce and whatnot. So it's, it's hard. I, I think they did a good job on Motivated Seller. Tony, I forget your last name, Tony, but he was very good. Mm. Maxim, is it hard to grow as an actor playing the same character weekly? No, I think that if you're an actor worth your salt, you reinvest and reinvest in the character. And I think Liam Neeson actually had a great quote. And he said that when you, you know, they said this is about a play, which is a different animal than a show. But in the same vein, if you repeat the lines in a play, it so when you say a mantra... Mm. You're repeating this to get closer and closer to the truth. Mm. That's the definition of it. And so he says, when I repeat these lines in a play, I'm repeating them to try to get closer and closer to the truth. And I think that with my character, I've been able to grow and grow 
But, and I think this is something that actors maybe forget or, or overlook or come from a different capacity, but I was lucky enough to ask questions before I got the role of Tommy. And one of them was, hey, what do you think about this? And I said, listen, do as much homework, as much as you can, and come with a fully developed character on the first day of filming mm. and never deviate from what you think the character has to be from day one. And that's what I did with Tommy. You know, some critics claim that uh, the season's been rushed. You know, have you heard that before? You heard someone say that? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I should probably be politically correct about this, and so I'm not going to get too in-depth about it. But I will say that I, I think that there's been a significant amount of edits, which has made, which has sacrificed storytelling. Um, Is there a reason behind that many edits? They overshot. Mm-hmm. But that said, I think that they did a fantastic job editing. Um, I just think that, uh, you know, probably next year it'll be even better. But that said, fourth season has been our best season so far. So, you know, it's going to keep progressing in the right direction. You ever get to a point where, like, when they edit something and something you don't like? I remember when somebody, uh, they ed- I was doing a video um, when we had the Combat Jack show, and they edited it to a point where I was like, yo, they got me looking crazy out here. You ever- and, 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 and I actually said something because I didn't like it. Um, but then, you know, when I looked at it again, I realized, you know what, it, it wasn't that bad. When I got, you know, a couple of people spoke to me. I mean, it wasn't obviously stars TV. Yeah, but, but I think it's, it's a similar case. You want to be represented well. Absolutely. And yes, I think that all the time. And who do you, do you just live with it or you got to just call somebody up? I just live with it. It's yeah. above my pay grade, man. I, and you know what? Unlike a lot of actors, I know my place. Yeah. And my place is to show up and make the best choices I can make on the day and then leave it go. I'm not a producer on the show. Yeah. If I was, I would fulfill those producer, um, my producer, what I had to, to do, those, all those, put those checks in those boxes. But that is not my case. And I think that a lot of actors have a hard time doing that or they throw fits. And, uh, you know, uh, stars, stars, I'm very grateful to the network and everybody involved for giving me this shot. I think I make strong choices. And if people don't want to listen to me, they don't have to. Mm. You know, um, there's a lot of people out there that want to be actors. For up-and-coming actors, young women, young men, what would be the most important advice that you could give them? Uh, if you don't have to do it, don't do it. It's a really tough business. When um, you say if you don't have to do it, don't do uh, it. Well, I feel if you feel like you have a calling and you feel like my life would be less without this, that my life would be very with sacrifice, uh, you know, would be very sacrificed with, without it, I think that you have to put that into consideration. But I feel like if you don't... Um, have to do it if you feel like oh you know i could do it i couldn't do it i would say don't do it oh everybody told me i should do it i'm so good looking i should do it but you know i feel like every i feel like if you don't have to do it then don't do it mm. and um any anything any other advice you would give them oh the other thing i would guess i would say to, to other actors would be just be kind to people and if you're in a position of power just remember that you need to Treat everybody as an equal, and you're never always. You're not always going to be on top, but for more than that, it's just uh, it's just better to be nice. What about uh, critiquing? Like meaning, like you know, most people don't like to take critiquing. You know, um, most people don't like to take it. Remember that. Mm-hmm. So when people ask you for critiques, remember that. Yeah, is it good to take uh, you know criticism from other people about your work? Um, I just it, I, as a young actor, every, everybody I haven't asked for critiques, I I ignore now. But as a young actor, I don't know. Find the people you can trust. It's a tough business. It's tough. I was raised to be a, a worker. 
I was raised to be humble. That also doesn't work in this business. You're too humble. You get hired for the job. The producer says, why did I hire this guy who's so grateful to be here? Got to be more confident. Mm. It's tough. It's there we so, go. So tough. Hey, listen, you know what? We're going to do something we've never done before. Or maybe we've done a while ago, but I'm not sure with you. Since the fans love you so much, since yeah. the power is such a social media driven you know, uh, show, mm-hmm. we're going to give a chance for a couple of the internets to call in and uh, ask a couple of questions. Of course. And if they ask anything stupid, we'll say, get the fuck out of here. Okay. So, let's get to it. All right. What's up? You reached the Premium Peace Show. We're sitting here with Tommy Tommy Egan, Joseph Sakura. What's your question for him? I want to know what you're like when you're not Tommy. Um, are there any similarities as far as the character you play on television versus who you are? Yeah. In what capacity? I, I don't sell copious amounts of... Uh, of uh, of powder and I don't kill uh, my girlfriends. <laughs> He's a good guy. Oh, I absolutely! Oh my God, I love you. Oh my God, I mean, thank you. These are the best, the best days of the week for me. I cannot wait. I love everything about you. Thank you. But thank you for calling. Yes, sir. Okay, bye bye. Thank you for calling the Premium Pete Show. Sitting here with Joseph Sakura, aka Tommy Egan. What's your question for him? How had being on the show changed his life? Uh, it's changed my life because I'm able to uh, pay my bills as an adult man. And I'll tell you what, living in New York City is very expensive. <laughs> um, and uh, I'm just starting to make my way. Uh, my wife and I can, you know, uh, at least afford our rent. Um, uh, I think more than that, it's changed my life because uh, as an actor, being artistically fulfilled, playing a character for four years and will be going on five has been uh, a wonderful challenge, and I think the only things I have, the only problems I have in these past couple of years are champagne problems, so um, I'm very, very blessed and very grateful for all the people that have uh, believed in me to getting to this point. <laughs> there you go. Thanks for calling. Indeed. Thanks. Thanks for calling the Premium P Show. We're sitting here with Tommy Egan, a.k.a. Joseph Sikora. What's your question for him? We could also say that in reverse, Pete. We're okay. sitting here with Joseph Sikora, okay, okay, a human okay, being, okay, okay, okay. he plays this role. I want to know who is the most fun to be with behind the scenes. Uh, I hang out with Leela Lauren, who plays Angela a lot. She actually lives uh, close to me uh, in Brooklyn. Um, and she's also just a great person. She's super smart. Um, so I really love hanging out with her. I hang out with Rotimi Okonosho, who plays Dre a good bit. We're on the road together every now and again. And uh, he's also just a wonderful human being, warm, strong presence. But I, I like most of the people in the cast. Uh, we're very blessed in that way. Nice, nice. Hey, kill Andre, man. Kill Andre. Ah, I'm going to hey, do my best. All right, buddy. Thanks for calling. All right. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thanks for calling the Premium Peach Show. Actually, we called you. Uh, Low-key Nat, my lady's on the line. Uh, do you have a question for Joseph Sakura, a.k.a. Tommy Egan? <laughs> do you have, he's listening. Do, do you have hey, a question? Nat. Hey, Hi. <laughs> no, now I'm all shy. You don't have a question. I don't have a question. Okay. Anything you ever no, wanted to ask Tommy Egan? Tommy Egan. Oh my goodness. Should I should I answer it as Tommy Egan? <laughs> you should answer as Tommy Egan. Look, and there's my my two year old right in the the phone. Tommy, what's up, Tommy? So, Shawty. <laughs> right. I'm all shy. Here, I can't, I can't it's all good. It's all good. Thank, thank, listen, you, you, 
Thank you for uh, the call or us calling you and not uh, saying much, but we love you. We love you. <laughs> we Take love care, you, Loki, We love you. You caught me off guard. I was changing a diaper. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, listen, Tommy doesn't totally fucking change guard. diapers. Goodbye. Okay? Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> listen, that was great having people call in. Um, you know, it was something new. Yeah, but I'll absolutely. Tell you, the girls love you. The guys love you, man. It, it, it's great. Even though I know it's only one role, and yeah. your, your actor career has, you know, a long list. You know, just goes to show you how many people fuck with you, man. Yeah, and and to be clear, like I keep trying to say and get legitimized. Hey, I've been doing this a long time. I've you know have all these tons of different roles. It's crazy, crazy. But legitimately, Pete, as we talked about before, credit where credits due. Tommy is what has made me uh, popular in the public eye, and I'm very grateful to play this role. And I'm really, really grateful that the fans are so dedicated to the character. What's next for you? Um, I've got two films coming out, Motivated Seller with Dennis Quaid, Michael Ely, and Megan Good, and Jacob's Ladder starring Michael Ely and Jesse Williams. And those will both be coming out, plus my own short film called The Separatists mm. that um, will probably you'll see in a couple of years down the line after we make it into a feature. And on Instagram and Twitter, was it Joseph Sikora 4? Joseph Sikora 4. Okay. Why 4? J4F, my crew back in Chicago. Forget about it. Listen, I appreciate you as a friend, as an actor, as somebody who is inspiring. Um, I appreciate you taking the time to just not only drop by, but just, you know, just continue to be a good dude, man. Love, Pete, from somebody who loves pizza more than me. Oh, Wesley, Chicago spots, because you're from Chicago. Give uh, let's Chicago. give some love for, to uh, my neighborhood pizza place, uh, Phil's Pizza Doro on Milwaukee and Austin. And uh, my favorite deep dish place, if you're trying to do the Chicago deep dish thing, would be Pizzeria Due downtown on, oh, God, just right off of Ontario. And am I going to screw this up? And is it is it? Not, not it's all right. They'll they'll Google it. They'll Google yeah, it. Yeah, Pizzeria Google it. Cancel Christmas on their ass. Listen, don't worry about it. Is it Rush? Is it Rush? Anyway, listen, Internet, Joseph Sakura. okay? <laughs> My man. We'll see you next episode. Thank you, Pete. Cheer. Internet, if you enjoyed that episode, I want you to reach out to me. Email me. Tweet me, okay? Email the Premium Pete Show at gmail.com. At Twitter, at Premium Pete. At Premium Pete Show. On Instagram, at Premium Pete. At Premium Pete Show also. Let me know what you like. Let me know what you didn't like. And also, to all my small businesses or big businesses, no matter how small or big you are, you want to advertise with The Premium Pete Show, get at me, thepremiumpeteshow at gmail.com, and we'll figure something out, okay? Now, make sure you subscribe, rate, and tell a friend to tell a friend, and I'll see you next episode. Cheer.